We're back for another episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, giving you insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. How's it going, Mickey? Hey, doing good, Robert. How are you? I'm excited to have another episode where we're talking about online reviews. Oh, everybody's favorite subjects. Yes. And actually, it probably is some people's favorite subjects, so I shouldn't take that lightly. Yeah, well, but. and we hope that you'll give this uh, episode of the podcast five stars because, <laughs> there you go. yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about today. So um, I think most people probably understand what we mean when we say online reviews, but why are these so incredibly helpful for any business to, to really make sure that they're paying attention to what their ratings are online? I think the big one is just that reviews are objective. You don't necessarily believe a company when they say good things about themselves, but you trust when your friends, or in this case, often people you don't know, say something about the brand. You, know, you may question whether those are legit or not, but you certainly will trust them more than you would something the brand says. Uh, yeah, pe- people use online reviews a ton before buying anything, ourselves included, you know, looking at what yes. reviews are good. And personally, I look at bad reviews just to see how they are and how people respond. We'll talk about that later. But really just make you more discoverable online. You know, more reviews has you in more places. You'll show up higher in search rankings, and it can be a good thing all the way around. I think there's an interesting psychology behind online reviews, especially, like you said, I certainly look at reviews of either a product or a service or even a restaurant before trying you know, trying For them sure. out. Yeah. Um, and I almost kind of naturally filter out the one-star and the five-star reviews, kind of either end of the, the spectrum, the high and the low, and look at, like, what are those two-star reviews? What are those three-star reviews saying? Those people who are somewhere in the middle because they're going to have maybe some bad things to say and maybe some good things to say as well. And you have to take all of these with a grain of salt, but they can be helpful in getting an objective view of a business. For sure. You know, even the bad ones, I like to see what they thought was bad because that may not even apply to me. If they thought a certain dish at the restaurant was no good, but this other one was good. Like, well, the other one's the one I was getting in anyhow, so the bad review is irrelevant. Or the dish I wanted is the bad review, and so I may want to think more carefully about my decision. So and reading into them can be super helpful. So if you are a business, um, if you have a restaurant, if you sell a product, whatever it is, um, because online reviews are usually pretty applicable for any industry, um, what are the best ways to kind of get started in taking control of those reviews because it's still in the the hands of a third party. It's still in the hands of your customers and your clients. But I think there's still ways you can kind of influence them and and make sure that you are having hopefully positive outcomes with those. (laughs) So what are some steps businesses can take to to get to that end? Really, the main thing is to find and claim all the review sites you can. We'll talk about what some of those are in a minute. But there's a lot of review sites out there that you need to go in and prove that you're the owner so you can accurately respond and keep an eye on things. And Heck, just keeping an eye on things puts you ahead of a lot of companies that don't even bother to look for themselves to see what's happening. But searching yourself online, claiming those, check the information to make sure it's accurate. You know, you may claim a review site on Yelp or something and realize it has the wrong phone number. You know, that's why it's mm-hmm. super important to claim it and make sure the stuff's accurate because beyond reviews, people may use the address from there or the phone number from there. And if it's wrong, you've lost a customer. So that's that's awful. And then there's some other sites where you need to create an account before it's even listed. You know, Google and Yelp and some of those will create accounts for your business. So it's out there whether you know or care about it. Other places you have to create one for your business. The more you create, the better to a degree. And then set up notifications or email notices or something so when a review is left, you know about it instantly and can can deal with it appropriately. That, that is an interesting uh, thought. The, the second to last point you made there of setting up new review accounts for sites that didn't necessarily create one for you. Like you said, Google and Yelp often will do it automatically and it's you're opting in whether you want it to or not. Right. Some sites you have the option to go and actively create one. So that's that's a, an interesting decision to make of whether or not you should create another place for people to potentially leave good or bad reviews for you. But typically it's a good thing to do that because it, it 
you know, creates another opportunity for you to have a backlink to your website and creates another opportunity for you to kind of help control the narrative of what your online persona and, and perspective looks like. Right. That may show up as the 10th thing when people Google for the, com- the name of your company. So you want all those to be controlled. And Google looks at those too. I mean, we'll talk about Google My Business in a minute, but that's only part of it. When Google's looking at your site and how well to rank it, it looks at all the other review sites to see what those scores look like. And so having more accurate, high-rated sites out there is to your benefit. So what are some of those review sites? There are so many out there, but what are some of the most common that uh, listeners maybe want to be interested in, in looking into? Yeah, I think the big one is Google. It was Google My Business. I think now it's Google Business Profile. They kind of rename it, but just Google Business something. Just search for that and you'll <laughs> find it. But it's it's the listings that show up you know, in the map when you do a search or that down the right sidebar where they give details. You know, Finding that and claiming it is probably job one for sure. Yes. I think Yelp would probably be the second most important in most cases, just again, because it's super popular and there's probably one for your business out there, whether you know or like that or not. And a, an important distinction to make here as well is that Google is kind of open for anybody, anyone who has a Google account who is Googling things uh, can leave a review on your Google profile, Google My Business or Google right. Business Persona, whatever it's called. Um, and then Yelp is a little bit different. Yelp kind of naturally filters out some of the spammier type of uh, reviews, which they have a very high tolerance for what it means to be spam. Like if you go on to Yelp to just write one bad review of this restaurant, they usually kind of like put it over in here in a corner and like don't automatically show it because yep. Yelp puts a high priority on people who've left lots of reviews. For sure. So if, if you are a common Yelper and you leave lots of reviews of places, then your review is often going to get showed up. But if you only go on there and create an account just to leave one review, it, it often gets just kind of, I don't know, hidden naturally. Yep. And I suspect Google doesn't say, Google tends to show them all, but I suspect they weigh them similarly. Where sure. You know, people that are local guides or have left a lot of reviews get more. And that's why we talk about getting people to leave reviews. Don't force them into some platform. Let them use the one that they naturally use because... That's where they'll probably have the most impact for you. So, yeah, having someone sign up for a new Yelp account just to leave a review for you on Yelp is probably going to get buried under those reviews, not vis- you know, publicly visible kind of thing. So it's useless. You sure. Know? But, it, but it is worth noting that not all of these sites are created equally. Correct. Yeah, they're all kind of different. So, yeah. So what are some more? Yeah, so you have Google and Yelp. Facebook is a big one. Again, they're one that will often create an account for you. And that gets really confusing because usually companies <laughs> will set up their own business page as well. And you have two of them out there getting immersed. Such a headache and getting worse all the time. But at least be aware of it. See what you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clutch is a big one. We use a lot. Clutch.co, um, mostly for marketing agencies and that sort of thing. So we, we spend a lot of time there trying to get reviews on that. I really like Clutch because people can't leave reviews directly on Clutch. You basically get interviewed by Clutch staff, and then they write the review based on how they thought your experience was. So it's much more work to get a review, but the reviews are much, much more trusted than anywhere else. It's funny that that's almost like not a third-party review. That's like a fourth-party review. Right, yeah. It's like even <laughs> further filtered, which, again, makes more time and makes more effort on behalf of the person leaving the review. But is there higher quality as a result of that? Yep. And there's lots of other ones that are you know industry-specific, like House and UpCity and Bluebird. And there's the Better Business Bureau and G2 and just... Various other ones. So depending on what your industry is, there's a lot of those other ones. And then there's other generic ones you can get on Hot Frog and just all kinds of little review sites. And that's where using a tool can help find some of those. But hitting the big ones, you know, the Google, Yelp, and Facebook are the huge ones. And then any industry-specific ones would be the ones I'd go to next. Yes, absolutely. So um, as we've talked about, obviously, making sure that you've claimed those accounts, making sure that the information is accurate is really important. But you know, say people start leaving you a bunch of reviews. They're positive, they're negative, they're mixed. Um, what do you actually want to do in response to those people who are leaving reviews for your business? 
I think the key is to respond and respond quickly. Those are the main main pieces there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a big thing I'll look at is if a company has a few very bad reviews, I want to see how the owner responded. You know, some cases where the owner will just yell back and call them names, and that's <laughs> that's not a good look. But if they apologize, say, yep, we were busy that night. I'm so sorry. I remember the situation. Our server was out. And, like, they, they explain what happened. Like, okay, I, I get you. It was, you're humans. It's okay. So depending how they do it, and really I love five-star reviews. When someone leaves a great review and they come back and say, Sarah, I remember that was great. I'm so glad you're there. Like, it feels like a nice place to be. So responding and responding quickly, I think, is important. You get to it as soon as you're able. This kind of goes back to some of our productivity talks you know, that we've given on here. But if you get an email in your inbox saying someone left a review, you can click it and go leave a response right then and save your time versus having it float in your inbox for a couple days and clutter and maybe get lost. Just just go leave, leave a comment right back and, and make it easy. Um, You're right. It doesn't take long to do that, hopefully. I right. mean, hopefully, it doesn't take you a long time to craft a, a PR message maybe in response. Right. Especially with, you know, that, that happens a lot of times with the negative reviews. Um, and oftentimes, one of the best things you can do, rather than yelling at someone who's left you a <laughs> one or a two-star review, is just to say, hey, we're so sorry that you had this experience. You know, we pride ourselves on giving good customer service, whatever it is. Hey, we'd really like to take this conversation offline. Could you email us over here at this email address, and we'll, we'll talk about it further. And oftentimes, the person will not actually email you back to continue the conversation. But what you're doing publicly is saying, hey, like we don't want to debate you over a review site. Like, right. It's not worth that. <laughs> we want to address your concern seriously, and so we're going to take it over here. So that's that's often one of the best practices that I've heard yep, I is, love that. is a way to kind of deal with a negative review that way. For sure. No, that's fantastic. Um, so obviously, you want to hopefully encourage more positive reviews than negative ones. You know, one of the best things is just to make sure you have a good customer service team or make sure you're actually providing a good service or product. That's that's one of the best ways to actually right. have positive <laughs> yes, reviews for is sure. to take a look at your business. Um, but what are some of the other ways? Like maybe, you know, maybe you actually have satisfied customers and they're just not thinking about leaving positive reviews. So what are some ways to actually encourage those people who have had a good experience to leave you five stars on Google, Yelp, et cetera. Right. And I think you just said it. Make sure they're thinking about it. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times they don't think about it. So if you can give them ways to think about it, you can link to it from your website, say, hey, leave us a review here or see other reviews at this place. Depending on your situation, maybe automate emails to your customers. You know, that's not automation is inappropriate for that. I think in a lot of cases, like for us, we have relatively few customers. It'd be silly to automate that. But if you're mm-hmm. selling a bunch of widgets and sell, selling, you know, a thousand a day, then an automated follow-up review makes a lot of sense just to remind them. If you're brick and mortar, a scannable QR code can be great. You know, QR codes are fantastic when printed out. It's silly when I see them online in most cases, but if you have one by the register saying, hey, leave us a review, that's awesome. Um, ask people, just, you know, mention it to them specifically. You get some of that. I see that a lot, like on the receipt, they'll circle say, hey, if you leave me a review here, because they get you know, credit for encouraging people to leave reviews. A couple couple caveats, though, is one, you can't, you're not allowed to offer things in return, especially when it comes to Google. And I'm glad you brought that up because I've certainly seen uh, people abuse that a lot. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You're Correct. not supposed to. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, Amazon, I've ordered certain things and they say, hey, we'll give you a $5 gift card if you go and leave right. us a five-star review. I'm like, yeah, I want the $5 gift card, but I also feel kind of icky doing that. I, I went to a McDonald's one time and they said, hey, if you show us your five-star rating on Google, we'll give you a free hamburger. And I was like... <laughs> That is super sketchy. Right. Like that's, that is a no, no. And I think I may have even left them a bad review for that reason. Just <laughs> nice. because it, I mean, it, yeah, it's not, that's a bad, a bad thing to do. Yep. And then the other catch here, and this is a, this is a, one I struggle with, but statistically somewhere around a 4.3 to a 4.6 is the most trusted review. So if your site gets all five stars, people question like, are you doing shady things like McDonald's did or mm-hmm. what's led that to five stars? And that's tough though. Like we have a client that at Green Melon that has, 
I don't know, 300 reviews, and they're all five stars, and he's earned them all one at a time over the years and worked hard to do it. But it still looks a little suspect. We go to the site and you see all five-star reviews. So if you get some bad ones in there, that's okay. As long as your average stays in the mid-fours, you're in good shape. But again, people will look at what the bad ones were. So if you responded appropriately and handled the situation and mostly get good stuff, that shows you're a human business that does good work and people tend to trust you. That's funny. Occasionally just go, hey, can I know you had a good experience. Can you just go leave me a four-star review just, <laughs> yeah. just to kind of even my average out? out? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a funny caveat, but it is true. Yeah, I mean, you kind of naturally distrust if it's all just five stars because most businesses just aren't that way. Most folks will end up, I feel like, being in the four range. Naturally. Right, yeah, it seems most are. But as a business owner, that's tough too, though, because I don't want anything but fives. Like, I get a little hurt when we get a four on ours, even though knowing logically it's probably a good thing. It's like, they all should give us fives because we should be earning that. But it's a difficult mix there. Yeah, and I think we'll close with the thought that oftentimes people only leave a review when their expectations aren't met either mm-hmm. in a good or bad way. Yeah, um, that's fair. And I, I didn't come up with this idea. I've heard other people say it before, but you know, usually it's a, okay, they, they expected to get a three-star or four-star treatment and they got a one-star treatment, man, okay, now they're going to be mad and go leave you a bad review. Or the other way, like, hey, they were expecting some lower expectations and you blew them away. You had, yep. you know, they got a five-star treatment, so they're going to go and talk about how happy they are. And so obviously you want to go on the top end of that and obviously leave them with a positive experience. But Usually, unless you're pushing somebody and asking somebody to leave a review, they're not naturally going to do it unless you do something super good or super bad. Yeah, and I feel bad leaving bad reviews often. So generally, if I have to leave a bad review, I have to. If I choose to leave a bad review after a bad experience, I'll often think back in the last week, like, where was somewhere I went that was exceptional? And make sure to go leave them a sure. proper five-star review just to tell my conscience, but also gives, you know, a legit review for something else I saw. Oh, I, I love going to vent and leave somebody. <laughs> but I usually will leave them a two-star review, not a one-star review, because... Those one-star people are just crazy. That's true. Okay. You, oh, you look at might it, stand out more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They okay. have like poor misspellings and all caps <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to be a little bit more objective and give you two stars and really make it hurt. So I guess that's kind of like if you have bad service at a restaurant, you don't stiff them on the tip. You leave them like a quarter, you know, so they know that you didn't forget, which yeah. I don't think I've ever done that. But I've heard that's what you do to say, I didn't forget about the tip. Or like uh, it's leaving someone in your will. I was watching um, Better Call Saul when they, they left. Jimmy in the will and left him like $5,000, which is the customary amount to say, I didn't forget about you, but <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. leave it a bad way. So yeah, two stars, are a good way to do that as well. There's an interesting turn there at the yeah, very end of the podcast. <laughs> but if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can find show notes and more episodes at brighterweb.com. And maybe if you enjoyed this episode, Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts.